Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. So I have to tell you, Joe, I've been watching, I've been binge watching Supernatural. Yeah. Do you know what it's like to binge watch a show? I started from the beginning because I'd never seen it before. So 15 seasons. Yeah, it's a lot of seasons. Like 20 some episodes. So it's taken me a minute to get through this. I'm down to my last four episodes. Wow. I'm having anxiety because what am I going to do? It's like literally the, it's the only thing I've been watching for like months now (laughs) because I don't watch a ton of TV. So it's always been this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been watching it so long, every time my daughter comes in, she's like, are you watching Supernatural? I'm like, what else is there? Yeah, what else am I doing? (laughs) It's an intense show. Yeah, I'm sure it gets better towards the end. I've never finished it. Like, we we (sighs) broke at, like, season 10 and quit for a while. Well, and, you know, it's interesting um, because I'm one of those people, like, I want to know how it's going to end. So I know how it's going to end already. Yeah. And... You know what? All right. I'm just going to put it out there. If you haven't watched it yet, it's been off the air for like ever now. So yeah, I can do like spoilers, right? So, yeah. So I know Dean dies yeah. at the end. Yeah. And so I'm having such anxiety because I've got four episodes left and, and he's still alive. going to happen. Yeah. And like every time he dies, I'm like, is this it? Is this it? Yeah. Is this it? But they they come back to life so many times yeah, in the show. There's so many things that annoy me about the show, but I just love it so much. So, yeah, I'm down to the last four episodes. And they are trying to kill God. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how that's how this is all going down. Yeah. And it is, it's so good. Yeah, I this can is, see why people. It's like a cult following for this show. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because my wife and I are very much really into it. We just we just kind of fell off. After you know, in the middle there, kind of like, okay, guys, like, how many times are you going to get killed and come back to life? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it gets I mean, a little old, but... it gets a little tired. Yeah, yeah. Any show does. Yeah. Any show has a, a season or so that gets off. Run, the only thing that's given me any any uh, stress relief here is knowing that Jensen Eccles yeah. is going to be in The Boys. Yeah. And uh, Jared... Jared Padalecki yes. is in uh, Walker, Texas Rangers. Yes, which I've yeah. started watching that. Okay, so I guess I lied. I have watched another show like once or yeah, twice yeah, yeah. in the past six months. <laughs> um, and it's Walker, but there's only like four episodes out or whatever. And that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And a lot of Supernatural alum on that show. Yeah, which is awesome. So I, I love when they do stuff like, like that. Like his wife's on the show, yep. who was Ruby yep. in Supernatural. Yeah, the guy who that. played his grandfather in Supernatural of course. plays his dad yeah. on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else was in it. Uh, there's a, one of the actors from pretty little liars was in it. So like lots of good actors on the show. So I'm, I'm still waiting for, um, a, a Dean to pop up on Walker. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. I'm excited. We just caught the first episode of a show called the nevers. Okay. It's, It's a really cool show about like the 1890s and some event happens and people start gaining powers. Yes. But it's in Victorian London. I read the, yeah. about this. I yeah. think that I put that on my list. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really good. It's a little, uh, it's very adult. It's okay. on one of it's on HBO, so it's one of those prime, like, you're not going to see this on regular TV kind yes. of stuff. But um, I love, it has almost a steampunk vibe to it. I love that. Yeah. And they don't do enough of that on TV. So it's really like, cool. We need that steampunk vibe like everywhere. Like right? I want to dress like that every it's day. It's cool. Like that, because I mean, it's got that Super romance cool. between Victorian and machinery. You know, it's just, 
it's just cool. It's just a cool vibe. It is cool. Why do yeah. we not like live like that every day? Yeah, who knows? Why? Who knows? I mean, I'm wearing jeans and a cruddy t-shirt. Like <laughs> I should totally be wearing steampunk instead of this. <laughs> We'd all have to wear goggles on our heads. That's fine. That's fine. I feel like it also fits in pandemic era as well. I think anything at this point. <laughs> It's pandemic era. We're just looking for ways to pass the time and to keep us sane, you know? Oh, my gosh. Have you gotten your vaccine? I did. I got my shot. I got Are you all shot. done? or? Um, no, I have, I think, the Moderna, where you have to get two. Yep. I um, got Pfizer, also have to get two. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, got my first one. No problem. Sore shoulder for a, for a day, and then it kind of went yep. away. But, you know, being in the Army, I've had plenty of shots that gave me that feeling of being punched in the arm. <laughs> so, I mean, it was nothing. It's just another thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually drove to Salisbury for mine at their mass vaccination site, and it was super easy. Um, I didn't even get out of my car. Yeah. They just shot me up right there, and then I pulled, in, <laughs> pulled into the parking lot. And they just made me sit there for 15 minutes. Everybody yeah. was super nice. It was very quick yeah. and easy. And then I have to tell you, this was so cool. Last night, um, my daughter's 19. So as of this podcast, they just opened it up to 16 and over. Yep. And we were at the pharmacy for, for something else. And it was about to close. And so I looked at Belle, my daughter, and I said, hey, you want to get your vaccine, right? And she's like, yeah. So I turned around to the pharmacist. I'm like, you got any vaccines left? And she looked and she did. That's they awesome. had two left and they were about to close. So my oh, daughter yeah. was yeah. one of those people who were just at the pharmacy at the right time and got the vaccine. They had two left and they were trying to give away the other one when, awesome. we, when we left. And they were asking people, you know, I mean, they were literally yelling like, do you have your vaccine? Do you want yeah. one? And so she got the Moderna and she felt really good after it. And oh, so that's, good. that's awesome. She, I, she doesn't I, have to drive clear to Salisbury when she yeah. gets her second yeah. one um, in a few weeks, but... But nonetheless, that's okay. It's a pretty yeah. drive out to Salisbury. So yeah. I'm 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 really looking forward to the second shot. I, I'm really looking forward to getting this behind me. And I think a lot of us feel that way. For the people out there who's still on the fence about the shot, there's nothing to worry about. Just we're all working towards the same goal in the end, you know, of just getting past this pandemic. I think I think that's on everybody's mind. Everybody's ready for that. Yeah, yeah. And we need that because for all of our listeners out there, Joe and I have been hitting up the Dunkin' Donuts way too much. A little too much. Yeah. Uh, we both have very large <laughs> iced lattes <laughs> sitting with us right now. So, so yes, we need this uh, this pandemic to be over so we can do more than drink lattes and, <laughs> and binge watch 15 seasons of a show in a few months. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, the vaccine... You know, I got it too, and Joe, just like you, yeah. you know, sore arm the next day, which is normal for like yeah. any shot. I mean, you just took a needle to the arm, so yeah. of course. Uh, but after my first shot, I felt totally fine. Uh, a lot of my family members report the same thing, yeah. you know. I and I know that's not the same for everybody. I've definitely have friends though who have said, "Yeah, they felt a little ick." After yeah. the first one, and they just, you know what? They just went to bed. So use yeah. a sick day, go get your shot, snooze and hang out in your pajamas, watch Supernatural, drink lattes, and hang out with your dog all day. And you'll be fine by the next day. Yeah. It'll be good. And, we're, and let's be honest, we're going to do that anyways. Yeah, so you so. might as well at least, you know, take a day off and get your vaccine. Do something productive. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Save the world. Although our audience is already saving the world. But, you know, just another way to save the world. Another way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, all do our, we all do our part. So speaking of saving the world and helping people, Joe, I'm really excited about our interview today. 
Andrew Pike from the Army Emergency Relief Organization. Yeah. And I learned so much about this organization and what they do and actually how they help not only service members, but families and yeah. spouses, all sorts of Retirees things out there. Retirees, too, Ex- which, was, which was something new to me. I, did, I just didn't know that. Right. And they have a campaign going on right now. They mm-hmm. do it every year. So it's happening now. So sit back, relax, and listen to Andrew Pike, a very animated Andrew Pike, talking about the Army Emergency Relief Campaign. Army Emergency Relief is an official nonprofit of the Army and has been around since 1942. Since then, the organization has provided grants and scholarships to soldiers and families. Today, we are joined by Andrew Pike, Chief of Development for Army Emergency Relief. To learn more about this organization and how you can not only support it, but benefit from it. Thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So, so Andrew, what is Army Emergency Relief Fund? Well, that's a pretty, you know, great question. Army Emergency Relief is the Army's nonprofit, and it exists to provide financial assistance to soldiers, both active and retired, for those things that happen to every soldier during their lifetime. So we cover a broad range of financial, some might say emergencies, but not all of them are. So financial situations. So we cover maybe emergency travel. You're, you're, you need to fly home for some reason. You've been put on emergency leave. We cover car repair, little things that happen to soldiers that may not happen to everyone else. As a civilian, I'm not asked to move every two to three years, so I don't incur those expenses. And so AR exists to be able to alleviate that financial distress and make sure that soldiers and focus on their job of being soldiers throughout the entire year and not have to worry about any financial situations happening at home. We also have a scholarship program that assists both spouses and dependent children with undergraduate degrees. So that's us in a nutshell. That's it. a lot of amazing resources. I think some people would ask uh, when they think of our service members and caring for our service members, why do we even need the Army Emergency Relief Fund? Uh, so that's a, an interesting question because I think through, for everyone in their life, there's always a time when we need financial assistance. And for someone like me, I could go get a put a, a bill on my credit card, or maybe I need a home loan for this tree to be taken out of my yard, um, or an AC has gone down, or roof repair. AER exists to be able to provide that assistance to soldiers, and they do so in one of two different ways. We either provide that soldier with a grant or a loan. Um, or I guess a third way we can combine them sometimes. So in a situation where a soldier may not have the ability to repay, uh, you know, like I said, when your uh, roof goes out, that's an expensive repair. And so if that soldier right. doesn't have that ability, we might step in and the AER officer would sit down, determine, oh, we need to do this as a grant to support this soldier. So they don't have to repay that money. Or they may come back and say, listen, this is a large expense, but we also understand that you do have the ability to repay. And by repaying that loan at zero interest, which is already you know way above a credit card or a, a bank loan at zero interest repayment, you're actually putting money back into the fund for the next soldier that comes in the door. So we have both grants that we're giving out that aren't getting repaid, scholarships in those same ways, but also loans that are getting repaid and recycled to that next soldier so that when the need arises, they can come in and get that assistance as, fat, uh, as soon as they need it. So. And that's really great because like you mentioned, you know, soldiers move all the time, service members move all the time. So it's nice to know that there's something that's, it's not going to matter where you live. It's always going to be there for you. I feel like, you know, as a military spouse, we move around a lot. And sometimes you just feel like I haven't been here. I can't really use these resources. 
but it's different when because the army emergency relief fund it's always there no matter where the soldier is right it's always there um almost every major army installation has an ar office we have agreements with the other aid societies so in case anyone's wondering, yes, there's an Air Force Aid Society and a Navy Marine Corps Relief Society and a Coast Guard Mutual Aid. And so a soldiers traveling across the country, they get into uh, car breaks down, they need those funds, they can go into one of those offices. We also have agreements with the Red Cross, so a soldier can contact the Red Cross's special military assistance hotline and they connect us so that they can provide those funds to that soldier wherever they need. And, you know, like you said, being a, a spouse or in a family, my, my father was Army, um, so he retired uh, many years ago. It's been a long time since I was <laughs> an Army brat. Um, but, you know, you don't always go places that are close or near your family, um, and things happen. Sometimes that emergency travel pops up or uh, the scenario is completely different when uh, something goes wrong in the move. Um, and so AR is just there to be able to step in and say, let's get this solved. Let's work with that soldier, find the right financial solution and apply it so that that soldier can go back to work and not have to worry about what's going on uh, with the financial situation at home. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It, not to get a little personal. Well, I am going to get a little personal, but uh, when I was active duty uh, stationed at Fort Bragg, there was an issue with the pay office at one point and I didn't get paid for a month. And AER uh, helped us out with the grant. We were able to buy groceries. I had a young child at the time. It, it, was, uh, it was a very interesting experience, but AER definitely, definitely helped us. Uh, so we were really grateful for that. Which brings me to who can use AER? Oh, so that's a great question. AER is for active and retired soldiers. Or um, we have also assistance for Guard and Reserve that are activated on Title 10 orders for longer than 30 days. And then sometimes they also waive that eligibility for large natural disasters. So, you know, a great example is the hurricanes from a few years ago. Um, there were a lot of uh, uh, Guard and uh, Reserve that were affected by that. So we kind of took that eligibility, looked at that unique situation and waived it for that instance. Uh, they actually, I think several million dollars went out to Guardsmen um, who really just had their lives destroyed by this hurricane coming through. And so AR exists to be there in those situations. So in the general sense, if you are active duty or retired soldier, you can go into an AER office, you are eligible. So, um, and that includes medically retired as well. So you can go in, you can request any one of those categories of assistance from car repair to utilities. And there's really about 20 different ones, so we won't list them all. Um, right. <laughs> I add new ones all the time, and, and sometimes someone needs help with something that's not a category. They still go into the AR officer. They they try to find a way to say yes, it's an old slogan of ours. Find a way to assist that soldier or that retired soldier and make sure that uh, you can take care of that financial situation. So, Well, yeah, that's, so how that's really interesting to know. That's really interesting to know because as a I'm, I'm retired now, and uh, one thing I definitely did not know is that AER was a uh, service available to me. Mm -hmm. So then that goes not just for AR assistance, but also those scholarships. So you mentioned you had a, a child, so you may have more than one. So when they're ready to go to college, your children are eligible for the AR scholarship. And so your spouse is eligible for the AR assistance or scholarship right now. Um, and so th that's a big message. We send out that mailer. We're trying to increase that amount of communication. And that's that's really what the AR campaign is about making sure that you as a retired soldier or as a spouse know exactly what benefits exist for you 
because soldiers have been donating to AR since 1942 to make sure that soldiers of today and retired soldiers of today can get that assistance. That's amazing. And I see the wheels turning in Joe's head. Yeah, well, <laughs> especially when you said scholarships for kids, because <laughs> by the time Joe's kids go to college, it's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, and you know, <laughs> yes, it will. Good program. Um, it's it's a needs based program, so there's no essays involved. You just have to fill out the form. I mean, they make it. Uh, in many ways, they try to make that scholarship program pretty easy to go on, fill out, tell them what you need, and then they they run it through their calculations and then they provide that assistance. So um, I don't want to get into the averages, but it's it's a couple thousand dollars um, is I think the average uh, amount for per student for that scholarship. So oh, that's, that's great. Amazing. Around Fort Meade, I'm sure we have a lot of folks like Joe who are retired who might not even be thinking that they're eligible for any of these benefits. Mm -hmm. So how does a person request assistance from AER? So what what does one do if we want to come to you and get some help? Sure. So the first and probably the um, easiest way is a soldier can go to their company commander or first sergeant. They actually have an AER form. They can go to the website and download it. And that quick assist program allows the company commander or first sergeant to sign off on that loan to say, hey, whoa, you need new tires. You know, tires for that car at Costco, they want $600. Here you go, take this to the AR officer um, and they'll issue that loan right away. So then now that's a loan only program because we don't want to put company commanders and first sergeants in a position to be deciding between loan and grant and the calculation. But um, the, the soldier, if they qualify for what we call direct access, they can also go right into the AER office. So they can go talk to their company commander, they can go straight into the AER office. We still always want to steer them into that company commander. Your company, um, this, your leadership kind of wants to know what's going on in your life. They want to be there to take care of you. Um, and that's an important part of that army relationship with your leader. Um, but if you are choosing between, you know, going off post to a payday lender or a high interest credit card or some other way to solve this financial problem, we do have that, that open door policy for soldiers who qualify for direct access. And I understand about the service member and the company commander, but what about Joe, the veteran? Oh, he goes right into the AR office. I'm sorry. You know, I, somehow I, I didn't know if it was that easy. I so I just wanted to oh, make sure. You know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> yeah. we like to make things harder than they need to be. So it no, sounded no. like that was the answer. <laughs> uh, so you go into the AR office. So you call ahead and say, um, "Listen, I, I need assistance with car repair." And they're going to say, "Okay, bring in the estimate and your ID or and what, whatever else they need to see." Um, we are working on our new system to begin that process online as well. It's not up and running yet. It's being field tested. Um, and so hopefully pretty soon you'll be able to go to the AR website, armyemergencyrelief.org, and start that application process. There's also a scenario where um, for a retired service member that's listening to this right now, maybe you're not near that installation. Maybe you're two hours out um, and you come in every once in a while. We actually have the ability for you as a retired service member to call the Red Cross as well for that military assistance hotline and that phone number is on our website and start that AR case through them. And so instead of you having to come in for a check or come in to do all the ACH paperwork, Red Cross can actually Western Union that money once the case is approved. So it takes a little bit longer oh, wow. just working through the, the unit or through the Red Cross. Um, but you know, for those service members that maybe aren't near an installation, maybe they're traveling or you know, retired soldiers live all over this country. They sometimes they're pretty far from an installation, um, even yeah. from force base. So that that option is definitely available. 
Yeah, and that's I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't even thinking that. I mean, Joe and I were here in, in the military district of Washington. There's how many bases around us? I mean, drive an hour in any direction and we're going to run into another base. But exactly. you're right. I mean, there's a lot of folks that don't live. You know, my father in Pennsylvania is hours away from the nearest military base. Mm-hmm. So so great. I'm so glad you brought that up. That That's really amazing that the Red Cross is a partner in that. So. So yeah, between the Red Cross and then the other aid societies, being able to walk onto a, a Navy um, installation or an Air Force base and, and request that assistance through them uh, is also, it, it can be very beneficial, especially with all the joint basing that happens. Um, a lot of times uh, we see those locations have a lot of cross assistance because they'll have an AR office or maybe an Air Force aid society there. So we definitely work with each other to make sure that all service members are taken care of. So. so- you brought up something a minute ago, a moment ago, about service members have been donating since the 1940s. But it brings me to now that I know that the service is available to to retired service members. Mm-hmm. My question is, is how how do we contribute to the AER? So a couple different ways. So and those exist for both active and retired soldiers, as well as um, interested civilians, maybe members of the DA community that are uh, the DA workforce there on post. And so you can go online to our website and make a contribution by credit card, ACH or PayPal. You can also choose your installation and unit on the website. And so for an active duty soldier that wants to make sure that their unit at Fort Meade gets credit for that contribution as part of the campaign, they could do so. We have retired service members that have written in for a long time to say, you know, I loved my time at Fort Campbell and the, and and I want my donation to be applied to Fort Campbell, even though they may live way out you know, in Washington or in Alaska. So that happens a lot. Um, and so we are able to attribute those different funds into the campaign. It doesn't restrict where the money goes. It's all one big pot. So wherever a soldier is, they can get that assistance. They're not going to be limited to how much was raised at a location. But um, you certainly can do that online. You can go into your AER office and fill out uh, the DA-4908. It's the old Army donation form uh, <laughs> that allows you to do an allotment. And we're also um, about ready to turn on our online allotment process. So if you remember, an allotment has to uh, involve some additional PII. So the security there has to be just right for the Army to say, yes, you can go ahead and take this information. So. But that allows us to start a payroll deduction, you know, $5 a month um, for a year, and then we can just let it go. Um, and so for an active duty soldier, that opportunity comes during the campaign when their AER officer or their campaign coordinator on post has a chance to speak with them, tell them about the program, and, and offer them a chance to participate and, and donate to AER. For a retired service member, we actually do a mailing each year. Uh, we do one mailing, so you're not going to be getting tons and tons of information from AR. We're not going to spam you and come after you with, with letters <laughs> and uh, an email uh, every month. But um, we put that out there. We always remind them, hey, you are eligible. Go ahead. Feel free to apply. We, we cover these categories. And then we're looking at new ways to kind of communicate and make sure we can get that message across. It's Again, the, the campaign is it's primarily about informing soldiers and making sure that they know what's available to them. That second part is support other soldiers with a small monthly donation. So uh, the Army's very big. There's a lot of active duty soldiers. There's a lot of retired soldiers. So the question has always been, can you give up that coffee a month? Because really, once you start multiplying that times the number of soldiers, it's a big impact on the amount of funds that we can go back out and give out as grants, and give out as scholarships. As we said, loans you know, are going to continue to kind of recycle. Yeah. Paying that back, it's going right back out the door. So it's, 
it's in that grant format and that that soldier that really doesn't have the ability to repay that's where your donation is coming into play so it's going right back out the door to them yeah and it sounds like a, a contributions of a bit of almost an investment in yourself and your family because if you retire you know like somebody like joe who's who's retired out or veteran or, or what have you it's just nice to know that you know you've supported it when you could and then it's going to be there if you or any of your friends ever need it uh, you keep mentioning campaign so i know that um, the annual campaign for aer is underway right now so i wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit um, about the campaign and, and what we can do to support it Sure. Um, thank you for that opportunity. So the campaign runs every year from March 1 through May 15, and it is a period set down by the chief staff that says this is the time when the Army will actively go communicate about the benefits of AER and ask soldiers for that if they want to support it through a contribution. So we have a bunch of rules around no undue command influence, but it's like I said, primarily it's in that information campaign. And there's a couple different benefits from it. A you know, the soldiers and the army are constantly kind of cycling through. We have soldiers coming in, soldiers going out, and then some staying for much, much longer, making a career out of it. So we want to make sure that message is repeated every year for those soldiers that haven't heard it yet. But the other part that helps us is if you hear that message and you decide, oh, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and set up that allotment, that $5 a month, you may not need it ever in your career. And, and we see a lot where the donors don't always come use the services, but you will remember when the soldier next to you in your unit has an issue. You're like, wait, I, I give to AR, and I know, I remember them saying they helped with this. And that's where we want you to come back in. We want you to maybe have one of those AR bags that we send out to every one of the fields and some sort of marketing so that in December, when your buddy in the unit next door is having that financial issue, you don't say, oh, well, you know, there's a credit card, or I know about this credit card over here that, you know, only has a lower rate. Go to AER, see if they can help with that situation. We know they handle this many categories. Go ask them, find out. If they can give you a zero interest loan or a grant, that's a much better choice. And that payroll is going to be set up. They're going to look at that financial situation. A lot of our AER officers are certified financial counselors as well. So it's a chance for them to get in and say, hey, listen, let's get you a grant. Let's get you on your feet. We'll make maybe this small part alone, but also when we looked at this budget, you know, we could start saving some here for that next chance. So that gives them a chance to sit down. Most people have to pay to sit down with the certified financial planner um, to pay heavily to, to go through and look at your funds and find out what's going on. That's all part of that process. Um, and so we work with our, our friends at Incom um, and ACS and they're able to do that. So we want you to remember it, to pass that information on throughout the year whenever a soldier needs it. And then, of course, you know, if you feel like you really support it, participate with the contribution to AER. So. And give us that website to go to one more time if we want to do that. Armyemergencyrelief.org. That's the website. You can find information. You can find out about the categories of assistance, the categories and the ways we've added on to help out with COVID, around childcare. We've added uh, just a plethora of different uh, things to a combat COVID and help deal with those financial situations. But we add and change things around all the time. A new need pops up. We want to make sure that we're taking care of the force and whatever situations are kind of arising. So if we start to see a category become more and more an issue, then it becomes a permanent category. So and they may change the rules within it and say, how can we assist? You know, so for instance, a couple of years ago, um, emergency travel became officially 50% loan, 50% grant right off the bat. So a normal way you might get help is you come in and you need a car repair and they'll they'll do the budget and they say, OK, well, 
you've got a, a lot of money extra coming in. Let's do this as a loan or yeah, it's going to be a grant. So now for that category, emergency travel, it's half loan, half grant right off the bat. And if there is some difficulty with repaying, it can go full full grant. So they'll slide that scale right over still to take care of, but it allows us to kind of adjust and see what's happening with the Army and how can we assist them. That's excellent. And you, I, I know you mentioned earlier that there's programs like this for all of the different branches of the service. So that's great to hear. But you, there was something we talked about called reciprocal programs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So we work with our um, other aid societies across the board. So for the Air Force Aid Society, for Navy Marine Corps Relief Society and Coast Guard Mutual Assistance, we have agreements so that if a soldier needs help and he's near an, an air base, he can go on to MacDill Air Force Base, go to the aid society there. They actually work with us to make sure that it's within our kind of policies because while we all have an aid society they don't always have the same rules and not necessarily about eligibility but what they cover and there's different scenarios so obviously uh sailors that are on a boat for or a ship sorry uh for for three months they're gonna have a different set of financial challenges that maybe you know that gets experienced within the army so there are some nuances within those different programs and so we work together so that you can go on or for a marine that's at Mead right now or a sailor or an airman they they can go on to the AER office and they say I need assistance with this and they'll be able to assist them and then on they get the check they're able to go deal with the scenario and the problem and then on the back side AR works with the Air Force Aid Society or the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society and says okay here's this you know this money was borrowed and so it gets set up through their system so that you're dealing with them on the back side so it just it makes it easier for you to get help and really multiplies the benefit for um, a service member because they can go into any one of those offices. They don't have to just find the Army office. So it makes it a little easier. So as a retiree, if I was near McDill, I'm a retired Army, so it wouldn't matter that McDill is an Air Force base. That's correct. So if you called me up and you were like, um, you called the, the AR headquarters desk and you said, I'm, I'm traveling in Florida and I have... Uh, I'm near Tampa and uh, my car is broken down. I need AR assistance. What's the best way for me to get it? So we might say, okay, well, McDill is close. So here's the Air Force Aid Society office phone number. Give them a call. They'll tell you what you need to bring in. Okay. Or maybe it's an hour away. You can't get there. Um, it's too far. You're in the middle of Florida. Then we may say, okay, here's the Red Cross hotline. Call the Red Cross hotline and let's get that set up. And they'll find that closest Western Union. We can get the case resolved. It's almost always faster to go into an AR office because they can actually you know, cut the check and put that in your hand. Um, they could do an ACH as well uh, into a bank account. Whereas you know, wiring money through Western Union, sometimes there's a delay. So the fastest way to get that help is to always call and go into the office, but not every situation allows for that. And so especially with uh, all the COVID restrictions, you may not be able to just walk on and walk into that post or call ahead. So you as a retired service member, because you're eligible for AR, you're eligible to go into that a, um, Air Force aid office or to go into that Navy Marine Corps. That eligibility, it's you're still getting help from us. It's just through that other office. So, and and that goes for, um, you know, Walter Reed. It goes for wherever there's a joint base, or we see soldiers transiting through or traveling on vacation. Uh, you know, every once in a while we get the call because someone has decided to drive down from Fort Richardson, and 
you know, that's a lot of wear and tear on your car. And so, you know, they may not be next to uh, an army installation as they're going through the, the Midwest. And so there's that opportunity to say, hey, here's the closest Air Force aid. You're actually not that far from it. Give them a call. Let them know you're coming in. They'll tell you what you need to bring to get you help. So. I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Uh, AER has done a lot for me while I was active duty. So it's really great to have the chance to bring you on the show and have you talk about it. And Honestly, yes. I wasn't expecting to learn uh, anything from this, so I, I'm I learned a lot from this. This is, I thought I knew everything about AER. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know, I, I know how it feels. I, when I started working here, like um, you know, over a decade ago, and I was like, wait, you have a scholarship? I went to college when my dad was active duty. Um, I didn't know there was my brother and sister all went. Didn't know. So yeah. when uh, when I got in control and started taking over um, the campaign from the headquarters side. Um, it's it's a little bit personal. I was like, I, I didn't know this was available uh, to my family for myself or my brother or my sister. And so when we talk about the campaign being really about information, we mean it like these are benefits out there. And there's so many soldiers that don't know this. So many dependent children, so many spouses that aren't aware that these benefits are available. So we want to make sure that uh, that message gets out. And uh, we work. The Army is great. They work very hard during the campaign to get that message out. And Army leaders support AR and and they work to get that message out. And then um, you know offices like yours that help us to let soldiers know, hey, you can go get this help. It's there for you. That's that's what it exists for. It's been there since 1942, and hopefully it's going to be there uh, far, far, far into the future. So until it's not needed anymore. But I don't think we can ever see really a vision where financial situations won't happen. To something. So anyway, thank you again for that opportunity to come on to the show. Joe, that was really interesting. I've always known what, like, that AER was a thing. I knew that was an Army emergency relief. I didn't really know what it was, though. You know what I mean? Like, all the benefits there is, there's grants, there's scholarships, there's loans. It's not just, like, assistance, you know, for, like, like a dire need. It could be, like, a paycheck-to-paycheck thing, like what you were talking about when payroll got screwed up. It could be a more serious thing. It could be a lot of things. And if it's not on their list, they'll still consider it. You know, how cool is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's it's really it's really interesting because I was active duty for over 12 years and every year they brought up AER because, you know, they ask that you contribute a little bit every year. And I thought I knew everything about AER because I had been through it a couple of times. I had used it a couple of times. They really saved me in a pinch. And I thought at the time that I had learned everything there was to know. But to know that even as a retiree, I qualified, that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And we have such a huge retiree population around the fort as well. So it's nice to know that that is there if they need it. And I also really liked hearing about the benefits for spouses. Um, I'm not an Army spouse, but it's nice to know that um, this organization is providing scholarships and things like that. So there's like there's a lot of spouses out there trying to continue their education or, you know, get get something new to start a new career. And, you know, lots of kids. So when, when those kids of yours grow up and re- are ready for college, it's an opportunity that's there for them. And I think that's really amazing. And, and I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really big deal. 
Because, I mean, I think, for example, college weighs heavily on a lot of people's minds for their children. And every little bit counts. I mean, if this is a service or a resource available to you, then I, I would say take full advantage of it. But at the same time, I also now learned that I, I mean, it probably was common sense that you can contribute even as a retiree to AER, but it hadn't occurred to me. So it's it's a really good opportunity now for me to d donate to something that ultimately I'm probably going to take uh, advantage of when the time comes, you know? So, right. yeah, this was, this was a great, we had, this was a great opportunity to sit down and chat with them. I learned a lot. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, I did too. And I'm just excited for everybody to know about it. And as they said, the campaign is going on now through what, May 15th, he said? Anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. So going on through about May 15th, and, you know, if, if you're if you're able to and you're interested, you know, go to the website or drop in the website in the show notes so you can go on and see how you can be a part of the AER fund today. Here's Chad Jones with your digital jibber for the week. Hey, team, it's your favorite PAO, Chad, here, wishing you a Ramadan Mubarak. For those of you unaware... Ramadan is the Islamic holy month where believers fast from sunrise to sunset. During that time, we go without food, water, and other pleasures that keep our mind from what's really important. During my 20 years as a practicing Muslim, I've been asked a lot, why would I go 14, 16 hours a day without drinking water, especially in the middle of the summer? Well, Suffering does help you become more charitable, but more important, Ramadan is really about two things. It's about being thankful for what you have and being more kind to your fellow humans. And those things, thankfulness and being kind, are things that we can use a little bit more of today. I'm not talking just about the political rancor that's going back and forth or cancel culture or what's happening, the tragedies that are happening around the world. I'm, happening, I'm talking about what's happening right here at Fort Meade. During our last town hall, the two primary issues that came up were dogs biting people and drivers going through crosswalks. Those things are not about anything more than being courteous to your fellow neighbors. Now, I've been bitten by a dog, and I still have a scar on my bum from when a Doberman pitcher caught me when I was eight years old. Dog bites hurt. So lock your dogs up. I don't know any other way to put it. Or at least keep them leashed. Lock them up probably a little bit rough, but keep them leashed. Keep them, make sure that they're taken care of because dogs don't like biting people and people don't like getting bit by dogs. In regards to the crosswalks, we have all used a crosswalk before in our life. Every one of us, I'm assuming. And the last thing any of us want to see is a multiple ton piece of metal coming through a crosswalk at 45 miles an hour. Because at the end of the day, car beats person every time. So it is up to the person behind the wheel to ensure that the person across the road can survive that interaction safely. Not to mention, speeding through a crosswalk is just a jerk move. So while I'm not going to ask you to go from 0430 to 2000 without food or water during Ramadan, I am going to ask you to just be a little nicer and help make Fort Meade the place we know that it can be. 
Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as iTunes. We're also on divotshub.net. If you search Fort Meade Declassified.